Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name is Daniel Talup. It's your boy, Double H. You can follow the podcast on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, wherever you guys are. We're probably there. Half Hope, what's the website? Halfhopefootballhalter.com, baby. Indeed. I was on there the other day because I remember when you said I was redoing it. And then I hadn't been mm. on in a while because I normally I normally just go to like your YouTube page, but oh, it's like oh yeah, he did redesign this. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a total new. So it's me, maybe man. been all redesigned me. for a couple of months or so. But by the way, I don't know if people need to know this, but the coffee book co- is it a coffee table book? That idea needs to happen. Like your what? um, people have like the table in their living room, and it's like books that people can just pick up and read. I've always thought, like with your terminology, because I looked at like the the bibliography or anything, or something like that. Yeah. Like, we need to do a book of like Lala Technique. Who is Bart Simpson? Who is the? Zoo, oh no, they're the lots of because because people will always be like, "Wait, who is Bart Simpson?" And someone will be like, "Oh, that's thing." Yeah. Say, what does he mean by thing? Oh, oh, what the hell is git? Oh, that just means. So I was like, you know what? Let me just do do exactly. like the whole encyclopedia. It would be like it, like a picture book in my mind anyway, with like I don't know how we would license The Simpsons to get like Bart Simpson playing as in a, like a Bayern Munich or a, a Germany kit to be long. Oh, no, bro, Sim- but just bro like, Disney <laughs> would sue your. Freaking I know, face I know, I know, bro, I know. So. But just <laughs> something like that, where you know it explains like the Have Hope Football Hut, but like people can buy it for like twenty bucks. I don't know how that would work. But I've always thought that would be a good idea because there's your channel. I feel like it's it's a fun channel, but you have to stick around for a little bit in order to find out what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, because no, 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 everything is quick. It's very so, inside the baseball, which is which is why like I think someone even made a very good good point. Like just quickly, it's like people are like, oh, like, you know, you could be big and everything. But I'm like, you know what? I'm an I'm an I'm an I'm an indie band. Yeah. And the thing about an indie band is there's some bands you've never heard of, but are pretty well off. 
because they are so unique and that core is so dedicated. They don't need to be freaking a uh, freaking Pearl Jam or Beatles. They're just because that core group knows them so well and they can just pretty much be happy with, with those core guys. So this football like it's so weird, odd. The community is so strange that it's like yeah, once you get it, you're like, bro, you get it. But once you don't get it, you're like, hey, I'm lost. So it's just one of those those things. So yeah. No, but we would need a page with like Czar, just like in if the <laughs> chapters, it's just different footballers, different terminology. Then we go through like uh what a six six nil de- deficit is. What oh, yeah, a five yeah. oh no, it's all like, there. Yeah, put it, it's all yeah, there. It's all there. Yeah, I mean it would be just a fun, I think, project. But anyway, I don't know if anybody knows how to make books. Hit, hit hit us up, hit us up, hit us up. Or hit mm-hmm. half up, I guess. So my temptation is to start again with the Africa Cup of Nations, but because we haven't spoken in a week, stuff has popped off. Um, Xavi and Jurgen Klopp are going to be leaving their clubs at the end of the season, so I think we should start with either one of the either two. Which one interests you least? I think the more interesting one is is Klopp. So maybe start with Xavi then, since that's, that's the I'm least. Thinking. I think Xavi's leaving or announced he's leaving, so he didn't get fired. Mm. This is my presumption. Like, you lose 5-3 against, I forget who they played. Was it Osasuna? Villarreal. 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 Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sure he was thinking, they're going to sack me. So what can I do to not get sacked and to save face? So he goes into the press conference and he's like, I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's, you're fired. No, I quit. It's, it's that kind of dynamic. I feel like that's going on. But then it leaves Barcelona, I feel like, in an interesting position. So I'm curious what you've kind of thought about over the last week or so in terms of Barcelona, Xavi, reputation, all of that. Um, and is it the right decision? For me, 100% it's the right decision. See, it's, it's a weird one. I get it. Because everybody knew that no, Xavi was the guy before the guy. He was never going to be the pep. And also, remember, he came from the deserts, you know. So what were you expecting? A better manager does better with this team. But this is what I've always said to guys who say, oh, Jeff is trash and everything. Yeah, we know that he's not experienced, but think about this. Now, I'm, you know, older than, than you, so you'd have to agree with me. So since I've been watching Barca, which is longer than you, so I'd say like mid-early 90s, they've had at least one superstar player, one difference maker. So Romario, Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Neymar, Messi, Dino. That manager has that one guy where, Things are things are tough. He'll just decide the game by doing something amazing, and that's good. And that is a little precursor to when we get to the Afcon African football talk difference makers. So, Javi doesn't have that. It's the first time that Barcelona does not have that difference maker, a luxury that every other Barcelona fan since at least the mid nineties has been able to have. So think about that. You know, he won the league without that. Now people will say, okay, it's it's Lewandowski. That was true up until the World Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But since the World Cup, Lewandowski was a non-entity. Give Javi at least one difference maker, they're still in a tight race with Real Madrid, 100%. Give him one difference ma- maker, they would have either won the Europa League or they would have at least gone past the UCL round. So that's something very key to understand. A manager, a better manager does better than Javi, not that much better. <laughs> because as talented as this team is, it's still a very young team. It's still a very inexperienced team. 
it quality wise, it is far inferior to previous Barcelona sides. So you have to take into context what he's he's working with, you know. So and the issues are bigger than Javi. Javi, yeah, he's an issue because yeah, you know, you could have done better, made a few changes, but it's bigger than him. It's Laporta, it's Bartomeu, it's the finances, it's the lack of funds, lack of rebuilding the team, lack of planning once Messi left. It's all that stuff. So, mm. you know. My question here would be so Javi sacrifices himself and says, you know, being the manager of Barcelona, I'm paraphrasing, it's a cruel job. It's it's not fun. It's very stressful, all of these different types of things. And I wonder maybe if he thought, because I won the league, things will go easy for me. Or And I am who I am. I have trophies under my belt now. I wonder if maybe, you know, the pressure will ease up. And I think he's realized at this job, there's no such thing. Like at Barcelona, the pressure is always to win. What what have you done for me lately in the extreme? Mm-hmm. Um, you're the defending champions, but that's still not good enough. We, <laughs> Girona is top of the table. Real Madrid is obviously there. Atletico's playing better football. And the pressure not only to win, but in this instance... They need to be in the Champions League. If they are in the Champions League, the finances of Barcelona, I don't think can withstand that hit. It seems. No. I say they, you know, Xavi was trying to escape being sacked. I don't know if they could afford to even sack him because that's severance, unless he would just defer his salary. But, you know, who's doing that? So, in a sense, this is like the perfect storm for Barcelona like you get rid of a coach that probably needs to go and that wasn't ready for the job you brought him in because he's Xavi and fans are never really going to turn against him they might not like the football and they might think we need him to leave but he's not going to be booed out of the stadium as if he's some person that we don't respect or whatever the case may be I this is an ideal I think situation for Barcelona that you're getting rid of somebody that needs to go and then it gives you a chance to recruit someone better. Then the question becomes, who can come into this job and take Barcelona where they think they should be and where they've been historically? If it's not going to be someone like Pep Guardiola, so who do you go to? Do you look at Thomas Tuchel? I think his relationship with boards and things, it's bound to crash. Um, Do you look at I think I've seen Flick in the news. I've seen yeah, Ra- I've, I've seen um, Rafa Marquez, who's coaching Barca B. There aren't really that many great managers out there, but the thing with Barcelona is you can almost make anybody available because it's Barcelona, and a coach will think, yeah, they're going through all of these problems, and there's financial situations, and maybe there's not as many playmakers in the team as I would like, and the defense is a bit shoddy compared to what it was in seasons past, but me and my genius, I can go in there and I can fix it. So that's the kind of condition that Barca are in. So I'm curious, who do you think, who do you see in that job and it going well? So, I mean, so, I mean, again, speaking to some some Barca fans, so there's this guy, Garcia Pimienta, who was, I think he worked within the Barca system, maybe it was the reserves or the B team, but Barca let him go and he's not the Las Palmas manager. So there's him, there's Michelle, the Girona manager so i think what it is is somebody who can help to develop the young t- the young players pretty much almost anybody you get will be better than javi 
because almost anybody is just has better experience at this level than Javi does. Because Javi is literally his first experience as a European manager was with Barca. So the main thing is it doesn't really have to be necessarily even that big, huge, huge a name. Now, if you want to go for a name, this is tricky. Ten Hag would be a better fit. Because when you look at the players available and the skill sets, Ten Hag perhaps makes more sense than he does trying to get McSauce to try to keep the ball in midfield. It's a tricky one, man. It's a tricky one. I mean, but I think you just have to roll the ball with one of these guys, like either a Michel or a Pimienta. You have to look at what the situation is, you know. But I think basically the main thing is, okay, when you still say, okay, criteria, just like let's say you're looking for like a, a job search, this is the criteria. The criteria is, the main criteria is, can you develop young players and improve them? So how good is your coaching? And that should be the number one criteria because you don't have money to, to spend. You you can't put a hundred mil on players and everything. So the key thing is help improve young players, create a winning mentality and find ways to, and get these players to find a way to win a game. The issue with Javi is did he really improve players, really? And you can clearly see that strategically, tactically, he was outclassed. Mm-hmm. There were games in which better tactics, you could have won this game, but because you're going up against more experienced players, you were tactically outclassed in many of these games. So those are the two things. Good tactical awareness and envelop- and improve young 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 players. So, If you feel in yourself that you're not capable of doing the job or you don't want to do the job anymore, should Xavi just leave now? Barcelona are still in the Champions League. I believe they have Napoli. Correct mm. me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, Napoli are not the Napoli they were last season. It's possible you could get into the quarterfinal, and once you're in the last eight, anything can really happen. If you're if if you're feeling within yourself that the squads and me aren't a great match, the media and myself are not a great match, the boardroom and I are not a great match, and you claim to love the club as you say you do, and I'm doing this for what's in the best interest of the club. In my mind, I think, okay, so why don't you just leave now and give it to somebody who feels as if they, they're better positioned? Like, why why extend your misery into the latter part of the season? Just, I think just go now. Do you maybe disrupt things? No, no, it's not. It's a good point because the argument is do you disrupt things by bringing someone in now? But if you're saying things are so bad and everything, maybe this is actually exactly a good point to leave because, okay, you can now get a new manager to now, again, well, I mean, we'll get the Ivory Coast. That same manager, I don't think, but we'll get there. But look at how much it has benefited Ivory Coast. So you bring in a new manager, then I think that, then my view on that Napoli game changes. Now it's 50-50. New manager, maybe that's like 60-40 in the arena. Don't think anything will change in the league. So yeah, look. But I think for, you know what I think? Javi doesn't want to leave. This is where I'm going. But yeah. So my thing is, because people have said that if Barca, let's say they win the UCL or do something, he'll do like a Wolf of Wall Street. Like, nah, I'm staying. <laughs> you know? So my thing is that that's, that announcement was out of frustration of like, you know what? Screw it. All right. You want me to live and everything? I'm out. Okay. That's what, that's what, what, you, what you wanted. So, you but I do after- feel that, yeah. Yeah, do you remember after when uh, Copa America, I forget the year, Messi retired from the national team like immediately yeah, 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 after yeah. the game? You don't really want to retire, bro. You're just frustrated in the moment. And I understand how you, one can feel like, okay, man, I, I don't want to do this anymore. But if that's the case, then just go. 
I almost feel the same way about Klopp, but we'll get there. But yeah, for Xavi, I'm confused. Other than the instance that really you don't want to leave. And this is just a way of saving face. You'd rather quit than be sacked. Yeah. Because that will perhaps protect whatever future ambitions or future jobs you might think you can't get. It looks better on your resume that, you know, you left at the end of the season rather than you were sacked. Yeah, for Barca, I think everything for them boils down to the the financials of it. Who's the most fiscally responsible manager to purchase or to hire? And how can that manager, as you say, work with young players and build a project, project in air quotes? I don't know if there's ever really a project at a place like Barcelona, but it seems like it's always win now, no matter what. But yeah, what's the most, who's the most responsible person to give this to? And again, I've seen a lot of Thomas Tuchel. He won the Champions League. He's going to leave Bayern. That would crash and burn so quick. So, so Carl, that's, that's a dumb, that, that's, that's completely stupid, bro. Tuchel is almost Tuchel is building a resume that's not unlike Mourinho. Dortmund, quick. PSG, quick. Chelsea, quick. Bayern, quick. He's not stayed in a place like Klopp or Guardiola or I don't even think Wenger and Ferguson and guys like that are possible anymore. But he's a he's a fixer upper, win immediately, and then something Yeah, cop manager. With with the board. And then we haven't even got to Bayern aren't even playing really that great. They might lose the Bundesliga. No, they wouldn't they, stay. They they might not win a trophy this season. So is that really the guy you want to bring in? But I've seen a lot of Barca fans on my timeline like Tuchel wouldn't be too bad. I think it would be horrible. Uh <laughs> no, 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 no. But, that, that but I'm horrible. biased. I'm biased. I'm biased, of course. But that, again, there aren't that many out there. But you can make some available. Like if you wanted Deserby, they could get him. If they wanted Michelle from Girona. Potter. all right anyway anyway anyway. uh let's go let's go liverpool so the day before xavi announced klopp announced that he was leaving now the day after was xavi i think a, a rumor came out that arteta was leaving arsenal but that was that was a rumor so we don't need to get into that um but yeah jürgen klopp leaving liverpool it's weird. Like, can you be shocked and not surprised? I was like, oh, wow. But then when you think about it, oh, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, is that a feeling? I don't know if there's a word yeah, no, for no, that. No, 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 yeah, it makes, like, I think it's true. Like, it is, oh, jeez, I didn't see that coming. But then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, I mean, bro, like, because again, when you listen to the interview, you're like, you can so it's, I'm going to give you like a parallel. It's like, you may think to yourself, that, come on, you're, you're managing, like, you're not playing, you're not physically playing. All you're, all you're doing is just, like, shouting stuff and everything. So similar to, like, YouTube, where I'm like, bro, like, YouTube, like, I'm not doing any physical exercise or anything. I'm just talking, talking, talking. But then I take a day off, and I'm literally sleeping for the entire day. I'm like, oh, damn, <laughs> this is tiring. <laughs> so ex- exertion comes in different forms. It's not just physical. Mm-hmm. Mental. Is just the same. So the kind of mental fortitude you need and the amount of energy that you spend psychologically trying to maintain such a high level and demand so much every single week, every single game, every single training session is crazy. And he said that when he realized, that, okay, you know, next thing is like, you know what, bro, I don't think I've got the energy. Because he said that, look, you, because I need a particular amount of energy 
to do what I do. Same thing for YouTube. Like for YouTube, I need a particular amount of energy to do the live shows or, or, do, or do the videos or else I'm just not being me. And that energy just comes. So for him, it's like, yeah, like you've been putting forth that energy for what's 20 something years without having a rest, just straight minds, Dortmund, thinking just straight management, straight energy, straight without taking a break. So yeah, like it's what makes sense that, you know, have a break and actually live life, you know? So yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. It was like, oh shit, like, okay, he's announced that he's leaving. But when you listen to him talk, it's like, yeah, like the human element of I've been doing this for so long and I just, I need a change of pace, a change of scenery. I just want to do something different with my life. And I don't know how anybody could really hate on a person for coming to that conclusion. You could relate it to your YouTube channel or maybe, maybe me with writing and different things. Like you reach a point of I'm getting burnt out. I'm not burnt out yet, but I feel it relative to what it was five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. Um, so the self-care aspect of it, I don't think anybody can can say too much. Um, and he notified Liverpool from all the reporting in November, so that we're just hearing about it late January. I feel like it's pretty commendable. Maybe it was going to leak, so they had to kind of get out in front to where you heard it from Klopp himself rather than the Liverpool Echo or somebody from the Athletic or something like that. Ornstein or Fab. <laughs> Here we go. You're going to clap leaving Liverpool. And then everybody's like, what the, what, what? Like, huh? So it, hear, to hear it from the horse's mouth um, is probably, probably better. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those end of an era kind of feelings based on what the Premier League has been for the past seven years, let's say. Um, with Manchester City, Liverpool, can they, can't they? City are obviously better, but they're the main challenger, you, you, you'd say. Um, the team that he's built has won, I think, almost everything there is to win. I'm not sure if they've won an FA Cup, but they won a League Cup. I, they did, didn't they? Because they beat Chelsea in yeah, the FA yeah, Cup. Yeah, they wouldn't have to remember. Like, that yeah, quadruple so- season was the FA Cup and against your team. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they've won everything that there is to win. So um, it's been Liverpool's most successful period since you know their heyday in the seventies, eighties. Um, so yeah, I'm not sad that he's leaving um, football because I think he'll be back in some capacity. Certainly not in England, but I think the lens of of how I view football is it's not Anglo centric. So I'll see. I'll be able to witness Klopp again. There are some people. If you leave my city, I don't care. If you leave the country, I definitely don't care. But um, like I say, like Klopp at a place like Barcelona in a couple years, or I don't know, some place. There's got to be places around the around, like maybe in Italy that he could go to. I don't know what he would like to experience, but we'll we'll, we'll see him again. But um, in terms of Liverpool, though. So the the hot name is is Xavi Alonso. I don't know how much you're watching of Leverkusen, but they're playing very well. Mm-hmm. Top of the yeah. Bundesliga, competing with Bayern, tit for tat. Um, they even asked him about it. <laughs> he was like, "I'm just I'm trying to focus on what I well what I got here." But um, I don't know. Again, like Barcelona, I feel like Liverpool is a name that can make you available. 
Um, there aren't too many clubs that can just make you available. But Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, Liverpool, Manchester United, like those, if you're even, no matter where you are, employed, national team, other club, unemployed, like uh, being manager of Liverpool means something. So mm. um, I, I can't see a scenario where in which they offer Xavi Alonso. He's like, nah, I'm going to stay in Leverkusen. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if that's. A, <laughs> I don't know if that's real. Yeah, so. I'm not, I mean, yeah. Look, I'm. To, you gotta I'll be go. real with you. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't think we can just assume that if Jabi Alonso is giving the Liverpool job, he'll be like, okay, because again, you have you have to know when it's time to make that move. So, yeah, but I don't know. You don't know if you'll get the chance again. It's True. it was it's, yeah. it's 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 the same with Graham Potter, where he was doing well at Brighton. Chelsea offered him the job and he he left where he was and was doing quite well and he left um, for Chelsea. It, not even Chelsea in a great scenario. The only reason Chelsea were available is because the club weren't in a great position. But hmm. that's kind of the only way you get a job. But with Liverpool, it's not that. you know. So you look at even Ten Hag. You would think if Ten Hag stayed at Ajax a couple more years, Liverpool are available in a better situation. Barcelona have become available. You even mentioned it, like Ten Hag and Barcelona could work. But mm. I was offered Manchester United. You don't decline that because when it, when next are you going to get offered a big job like Manchester United? It may never come around again. Um, so I think if you're Alonso and, you, and he has those three clubs in his contract, I think it's Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, three clubs that he played at before. He can leave. There's a clause in his deal that says he can go. So... Um, if one of those comes around at Liverpool, they're gonna come knocking for sure. If they already haven't, um, it would be interesting. Now, I don't know enough about Xavi's football to give you um, some sort of tactical, analytical analysis on what that would mean for the players, whether it be Van Dijk or Trent or Nunes or Salah or whomever. Um. But I have watched Leverkusen and they play good football. But playing good football in the Bundesliga, I feel like it's just it comes with the league. So, and, and also remember, it's the it's the whole more effect. Mm, all because you don't you want to do be well. the guy. Yeah, yeah. All, all because you do well in a smaller team doesn't mean you'll do well in a bigger team or in a bigger market. Like so, don't assume that. Oh, look how well he's doing with Leverkusen with better players. Oh, he's going to do much better. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. Is like there that. A, is there a guy that you would? pinpoint anybody who has a job right now and you would think that's the next Liverpool manager. Because I, I have a, I, <laughs> Oh, no, no. Heck no. As I said again, <laughs> they have to forward all calls from Saudi Arabia until <laughs> Liverpool high manager. All calls on Saudi Arabia must be forwarded. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, if you want to maintain the same idea Hansi Flick would sort of make sense because I don't think that football is too removed from Klopp. He's German as well. They have the same idea in which to attack, go forward, be very offensive. So that could be a worthwhile transition. But then again, it's a risk based on what, what happened with him and Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, Nagelsmann, it's a possibility. Young, you know, there are a few young players here. 
that could be like a good thing where, in a way you know you're you're now keeping with the whole modern idea of where football is going. So Nagelman is another one. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, I think those ones. You know, um, what would you say about Postecoglou? Because if Jurgen Klopp just isn't what's on the pitch, it's like his personality and mm. his vibe is an overused word, but just his persona, right? Or the intangibles of the manager. I look around England and a manager that kind of has that same energy of pumping up the crowd and stalwart in their ideas and they play a certain kind of attacking brand of football. Postacoglu seems as if he could be a Liverpool manager and carrying pieces of Klopp's culture with him. Um, I, I don't think anybody wants to be like a carbon copy of anybody else. But if you're looking around and you're thinking hot prospect in terms of a manager, I don't know if Postacoglu seems that way, but he's not the sexy name like a Nagelsmann that just comes or, I don't know, maybe a Deserby from Brighton or something like that. But if you look at like their personalities, I think Postacoglu makes sense. But then there's that I've only been in Tottenham for I've been there less than a year, so maybe it's not my time to leave here. Yeah, I want to nah. see what I can shape this into. But again, now nah, I, th- I think if that's, Liverpool that's... rings his phone, it's so much of, a, it. of a, 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 a a hipster pick, man. Andrew's so much of a hipster pick. Like it's it's it feels too flavor of, of of the month, you know. What's, what all of the names are flavor of the month. The Zerbi, I've I think I saw Potter in the in the odds. So, <laughs> Potter, I, I saw I saw Zidane in the odds. I'm like That's, guys, yeah, that, can yeah, we not, stop you know, putting Nigel's being a stupid man? Can we stop putting Zinedine Zidane in these like, what is it? What is it in the in the betting? Who will take over the odds of blah blah blah? Zinedine Zidane is not managing anything except France. That's his next job. He's made that I think pretty abundantly clear. Oh, so, so, so France have forgiven him for nine, for oh, oh, 06? Uh, yeah, they forgave him the next day. Are you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I did research. I did a whole documentary. It was basically the next day. They were like, if somebody said that shit about my sister, I'd I'd do the same. <laughs> <laughs> Or actually, it wasn't known if it was the sister, but there was a rumor like he said something about his sister or his mother. So if somebody said that about my family, I'd do the same. Like we love the dead. That was basically the sentiment. Like it was, it was man in the street stuff that I watched. So yeah, they were cool with him. What would it be? June tenth, July tenth, July eleventh. They were like, yeah, Francis. France forgave him immediately. Matarazzi, man, Jesus. <laughs> Don't talk about his sister, Brad. Don't talk about his sister. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry for this transition. <laughs> Wait, what? So Neymar's fat? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like the, 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 the sister reminded me. So like, I mean, well, what, what, well, well he claims he isn't, though. Like, he showed his, his, his belly, which still looks a bit chubby. So I'm like... I- <laughs> Mate, I don't, I don't know how showing your belly changes anything. But like literally, your, that belly still looks like if you're a bit chubby. So no, but I saw you did a whole video. So what's the context of this? Oh no, look, there's a video where he looks fat, but we don't know whether it's Photoshop. He's wearing body armor for some strange re- reason, or but in that video, that looks like a guy who is fat. So, but the question is, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea because he looks fat, but. It's like, does it does that look Photoshop? How did he now gain 
so much um, weight in such a short period of, of time. So You know what his problem is? is He has a beard. He needs to trim the beard and then let people see like his face. Because the beard, it can work both ways. Sometimes it can hide where your jawline is, but sometimes it can make it seem bigger than it is. So I feel like the new Neymar beard, that it has to go. Hazard had this problem as well, where he would like not shave for whatever reason. To be fair, Hazard, I've seen him post-retirement. He looks in decent shape. Oh, did you see the whole thing that um, Obi Mikel's podcast posted? No. Hazard could be coming soon. Oh, has he, has he soon. interviewed Drogba yet? No, he hasn't. Not yet. I don't know why he's not done that yet. Do they not get along? No, Drogba sends a congrats message when he launched the podcast. Oh, okay. So I'm like, yeah, come on. Because yeah. there's an assumption that, like, oh, I hope black people get along. So how come Drogba wasn't <laughs> a bit on the <laughs> They, who knows? They could have beef. You never know. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't think I've seen the the Drogba thing on there yet. But no, Hazard Hazard looks in decent shape. So, because I think the idea was as soon as Hazard retires, he's going to end up looking like Wesley Snyder. Bro, but, shout um, out to Snyder, man. <laughs> but that hasn't happened yet. So, you know, shout out to Eden, shout out to Eden, shout out to Wesley as well. You know. This, being big isn't that it's not that big of a deal it's like boxers I think boxers this it's more obvious because they play with like or they play they fight with their shirts off so it's it's more yeah. you can tell but the idea of being on a regimen for years and years of your life because you have to be enforcing yourself not to eat sweets or not to indulge in food that you might like whether it's cake cookies for you, pounded yam, goosey. <laughs> like, I can't eat more because of X, Y, Z reasons. And people are tracking my macros and fat, protein, carbohydrates, all of that. The moment you're released from that, I feel like people kind of go a bit crazy. And then you're not, you're not working. You know, you're not burning as many calories because you're not an athlete anymore. So, I'm sympathetic in that sense to like the Maradonaism of it all. <laughs> Where it's just like, yeah, like, let me live my life. So, anyway, where were we? Um, what's next for Klopp? So, he takes a year off and then what? So, he, so just quickly, he said he'd never manage in England again unless it was Liverpool. Mm. But I think we've heard that one before. I don't know how much I can trust that. Oh, no, but- no, 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 he won't. I think based on just, especially it's been Liverpool and how much even his wife loves the city as well. Now. Nah. I, you, you can put us the bank. He'll never manage another club in Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. We'll just, you know, I don't believe you, but okay. Right. <laughs> so, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, if Arsenal or Tottenham or not Tottenham, but if Chelsea pulled the Brinks truck to Jurgen Klopp's house, he'd reject it? Yeah. I don't believe him. <laughs> I honestly don't believe him. No, 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 hundred percent. Look, if basically if he did, I'd be surprised. I'd actually be surprised if if he did. If 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 he said what's up. If he was retiring for good, I'd believe. If he was like, I'm never managing anybody again. All right. But, nah. Like, I now I don't think we'll see him in England because I don't think anyone in England will like really test him that way. But if they did, I'm I'm not 
I'm, I'm not buying it. That I'll never do, 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 do like never say never is 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 where I'm going. But um, yeah. So if not in England, then so let's give him the benefit of the doubt and let's say he's he's speaking the truth or his truth or whatever it is. Where do you see him? Only thing I can think of is he waits for Germany. I'm just thinking of like what would make most sense in terms of what else to do because I just. Unless you now wait for Tuchel and you now go over to, to Bayern, but then I'm like, eh. like I, ju- I just can't think of any other role that would make most sense to him other than the Germany role. Mm. That's just what I could think of, unless another opening opens up, you know, because Real already says with Ancelotti, I think Barca are probably not going to do club, they're probably going in another direction. So, all thing I can think of is Germany. Okay. If I were a national team, any national team, and Jurgen Klopp was available, or if I was Jurgen Klopp, let's just say it this way, and any national team was available other than, not even other than Germany, Germany included, if he could get to Brazil, do you think that would make sense? No. No way. Because that's, 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 that's stupid, man. <laughs> no way, bro. Why? Why is it stupid? Look, Brazil, Brazil, stick with a Brazilian coach. Ah, club, club in Brazil. No, that's 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 not that's 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 no, bro. That makes no sense, man. <laughs> they got Germans in Brazil, didn't Germans? Aren't there Germans? Oh, no, no, in Brazil? no, 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 yeah. Basically, or is all, that the, all the European looking people in Brazil all have German heritage, so yeah. I'm thinking style of play like intense attacking, pressing football. Obviously, Germany fits, but that's where he's from. But if you're looking at a country that he's not from, if you want to put him in the international game based on a club, or not a club, but a national team that's in trouble and needs a man of particular skill and reputation, Brazil needs some help. We're on the clock, so I want to give AFCON its its 15. Wow. So the 8 from 2021 did not make the quarterfinals here. Mm. Man, Senegal lost to Ivory Coast. Morocco lost um, to South Africa. The only real heavyweight that's left, other than Ivory Coast, we'll say, is you. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was, I was willing to give Nigeria a pass on this AFCON because there were clearly better teams in the competition. There was Egypt that I thought was better than Nigeria. There was Senegal that I thought was better than Nigeria. There was Morocco that I thought was better than Nigeria and Ivory coast to an extent because of home nation tax and the players that they have, I would have put them there, but based on the teams that are gone, even Algeria, I'd have put above you guys. But because the tournament has gone how it's gone, I can no longer extend that grace to you guys. I'm expecting a trophy. And now maybe this is how Nigerians are all the time, that we expect trophies. But I'm expecting a trophy. I, like Angola, you got to be Angola. Then Why? either... No, no, no. Wait, hold on. Then hold on, hold on. probably Why? South Why? Africa. No, no, no. Angola, no, South know, Africa. No, no, no. You have, to stop, no you have to stop at Angola. Why do we have to beat Angola? <laughs> Because Nigeria have better talent and better players than what Angola. What does that mean? What does it that mean? It, it doesn't mean they're a better team. Because Angola are no, 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 no. But, but, okay, really basically, when you, when you look at this Afcon, but I, no, 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 I don't want to hear this. I don't want to. No, hear no, 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 no. But you have to look at you have to look at what has happened. 
Ghana on Senegal on paper had more talents than Ivory Coast. Ghana on paper had a lot more talent, way more talent than Cape Verde. You know, Morocco on paper had more talent than South Africa, but they've all lost. So basically, if ever there's an African of where, oh no, don't assume, it's this one. So the whole notion of a heavyweight now uh-huh. that goes out the window. Because if Nigeria go into the notion of like, nah, man, we expect to win, they will lose. Trust me, they will lose. <laughs> like if they have that thing of like, oh, we should be winning because we are Nigeria. No, you will lose. Because the, the fact of the matter is that Angola will be easily the best thing that Nigeria have played. This is the worst Cameroon team I've seen possibly ever. They were horrendous. Equatorial Guinea, shut up, but Mozambique, terrible. So this is literally going to be the best team that Nigeria have, have faced. A team that have not pl- Nigeria have not played well. They've been effective. Before, they've not played well at all this t- t- tournament. But this AFCON is the AFCON of where, oh no, parity exists, bro. Because again, the point I was trying to make earlier is football has now changed. Gone are the days of the difference makers. You see, 20 years ago, that difference maker, he he decides the game against that lower team. Less difference maker, less individuals, there's more par- parity. So that's lower team that has good tactics, functions well, can beat the so-called bigger team. Back in the day, it doesn't matter how well you train, that lesser team, you will always lose because that difference maker will just decide the game. But without those guys that can decide the game, we have parity. <laughs> so the parallels of the World Cup and the AFCON, it isn't a coincidence. Football is changing. And the more that football now becomes much more about team and systems, the more parity will be the more the, the gap is not going to lessen between the big teams and the smaller teams. So, Great, great points. I don't care about them. Nigeria oh, wow. should win. Nigeria actually must win this AFCON. I don't care. Even if they play Ivory Coast in the final, I don't care. Based on the teams that are left, reputation, expectation, Nigeria must win. The last time you guys won the AFCON was in 2013. Now, I would be saying this if you weren't Nigerian. I understand as a Ugandan, there is no zero level of football expectation on my country. I don't know what it's like to live with pressure. Them just making the group stage in the previous AFCON was a blessing, okay? But as Nigeria, in my opinion, a sleeping giant, not only of the continent, but the world, the most populous country on the continent, there's really no excuse at this point. If you were playing better teams, all right. But last I checked, I don't know. Can you name one Angolan player that's not Rafael Leao? Wait, 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 you mean that plays in the Angola team now? Yeah, or just in Mabululu. I think I think okay. Mabululu might, might have one of uh, might be top scorer that's, right now. Is, is, is that the 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 striker with dreads with locks? Yeah. yeah. Okay, name it. Name, name another one. That's what I need to do. Is my <laughs> <laughs> I, no, is, is it Jelson? Jelson? I oh, yeah, I think, I think yeah, he's the guy that scored the first yeah, yeah, goal against yeah. Thingy, yeah. With the Rashford celebration. Before the tournament, if I named you to ask one Angolan player, oh, we no, 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 we, no maybe we wouldn't have been able to do it. That's my point. Um, and that's not a slight on them because, again, football isn't an individual game. It's, it's again, a team that's game. Yeah, come and, on. And just because we can name individuals doesn't necessarily mean that those are better once once you put them in 11 v 11. But <clears throat> I don't want to hear it. 
It's been 14 years since Nigeria <laughs> have won have have won an Afghan bro. It's time. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it has to be. And I'm not trying to jinx. I don't I don't even I, I don't even know when I'm trying to jinx and when I'm not trying to jinx anymore because everything I say, the opposite happens. Um, and I'm sure you, you can maybe feel me on that one a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's the dominoes have been going perfectly for you guys. The teams that are falling, all it feels like every everything that can go right for Nigeria to win is go, has happened. So, and I'll, I'll say this last thing. When you say Nigeria haven't played well, mm. I hear you to an extent that they haven't played like dazzling, scintillating, sexy football. But that's almost a good thing, that they're winning boring games. There's nothing electric about the play. There's nothing stylistically interesting, I would say. You know, you're five at the back, very solid and all of that. But it's just kind of by the book football. You know, they take their chances when they have to. They make their penalties. It's 1-0. It's very st structured and solid. The other big teams in this tournament, there, there was too much fun in what was happening in the Morocco, within the Morocco games and the Cameroon games. Where, you know, you play Gambia and it's just all over the place. Mm. They, they left too much space for there to be entertainment almost. This thing isn't about entertainment at the end of the day if you're a country like Nigeria or Algeria or Egypt. It's about winning. And I feel like Nigeria are in a good place where it's good that the games aren't entertaining. We want this to be boring. We want this to be textbook, by the book, one, two, three, four. Like None of this craziness. Just get the job done. And, and I think even in one of your videos, you called it a professional display. Be professional. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, it's true. No, it's, it's a good point. And I feel like of all the major teams, Nigeria have been the most professional. Like with the, uh, meaning, meaning the, the teams with expectation, right? Um, no, 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 so no, look, that, that bodes well, especially when you have Victor Osimhen, who's not playing well at all, but he's, he's still came said, look, we'll see, All that is true. All that is true at the end of the day <laughs> on Friday. But see, this is a, the, the best I can give you is Nigeria have an amazing opportunity to, to win it. That's it. So this is Senegal out, Egypt out, Morocco out. Nigeria have a great opportunity to win this trophy. And if they don't win it, you messed up an amazing opportunity. So that's the best I can give you. But beyond that, Friday, you've, you've got to show up. And you've got to show up with the mentality of you do have to raise your level. And you have to respect the fact of like, okay, We've got to play better. So, yeah, no, I mean, like, like look, you have to, you're, like, because you're so close, you can't be like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on? Like, No, you've got to also take each game by game by game. Because I know Nigerians, when Nigeria are underdogs and you don't really expect much, they'll surprise you. When they're the favorites, the confidence guys, guaranteed they will lose. Guaranteed. <laughs> so... That's my thing, you know. But yeah, that, oh, we have to just hope for Friday, baby, Friday. You know, that brings, that brings up a good point about Morocco, and I know we need to leave, so we can end maybe on this point in the next one. the The Morocco thing is quite interesting to me for a couple of reasons. Now, people thought because when I say people, I mean the timeline thought because they did well at the World Cup that that success at the World Cup, which was over a year ago, would translate 
to playing well at AFCON. But what they fail to realize, at least in my opinion, is Morocco, as you say, were the underdogs in those games at the World Cup. Nobody was expecting anything of them. Hmm. And they were able to play counterattacking defensive football, stay in the shape. And if Nessari came up with a header where he jumped 5,000 meters into the sky and was able to head it in, boom, we're up 1-0. We, we defend, and that's that. Take advantage of set pieces with Ziyech and corners and free kicks and whatnot. When you come to Africa, you're not playing teams that don't respect you. You know, you play a France, you play whoever they were playing. Like there's a level of those teams wanting to do their own individual footballing things. They play Spain and Portugal. Mm. Like Spain and Portugal have their own footballing objectives, you know. So they're going to let Morocco do what Morocco wants to do. But we're playing our game. When you go to the African continent, the, the, it flips. The sw- there's a switch that flips. And Morocco now become the team that are trying to impose themselves yeah. and their game on would-be lesser teams. So you're not countering as much as you were. You're trying to break down teams. And do you have the players that can do that when the space is condensed and you're not looking at the whole field from you know your block extending to their goal? You're looking at their goal and their blocks. So... I think that just because you play well in an international tournament like a World Cup doesn't mean when you come back home that things aren't going to be a bit different. Now, there are some teams, I guess, if you're France, you everybody to an extent is going to be playing that way against you until you, unless you're playing a Germany or a Spain or somebody like that. But when you're Morocco and you come and you're playing South Africa, they're not going to make the game easy. They're not going to make it expansive and give you space for everybody to go every and anywhere. They're going to make it difficult in a way that France wouldn't even conceive against you. Um, So there's that. Secondly, where I started, that the eight teams who were in the quarterfinal in this AFCON are completely different from the eight teams in the last one. Mm. I tweeted this out, and I want to know your thoughts about it. So the World Cup has expanded from 32 teams to 48 teams, and it's thought that Africa or the Confederation of African Football? I don't know. CAF. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, that they're going to get eight or nine teams, maybe nine or ten, sorry, mm. um, teams of that allocation. So my thinking is, and how do I word this? Because it's easier to type it, I guess, than it is to, to say it. Um The expansion of the World Cup, I think, bodes well for the African continent based on the parity that you speak of. The difference between the five teams that advanced to the World Cup in 2022 and the five teams they eliminated, you can make an argument the teams that were eliminated were better than the teams that advanced. So if you you take the five that advanced, it Mm. was Tunisia, it was Morocco, it was Cameroon, Ghana, and did I say Morocco? S- Senegal. Senegal. Those are the five. Mm. The teams they eliminated were Nigeria, DR Congo, Mali, Algeria, unless I said them already, and Egypt. The difference, and Ivory Coast didn't even make the third round of qualifying because they were in a group with Cameroon and only one advances. So let's say you it, it, it expands to nine teams. And Africa are able to include their next best four teams at that World Cup. 
which in theory you would say Egypt, Nigeria, Algeria, Ivory Coast, let's say. What other federation could double their slots and improve or at least sustain the level of that federation? I don't think there's one. So if Europe gets 13 slots at the World Cup, a 32-team World Cup, let's say they get 26 or 25. They're not bringing in another Germany, another France. You might, okay, Italy is its own case, but they're not bringing in, you know, a, a bunch of England, Portugal, Spain, France, Germany, Netherlands. Like there's, you're dealing with maybe like Ukraine, Macedonia, Greece, like that, that their level is not comparable with the teams at the top. Same with South, South America. If you double it, you're bringing in maybe Venezuela, Paraguay, you know, teams like that. In, in Asia, you double it. Maybe you're bringing in like China, Iraq, Syria, you know, those kinds of teams. But in Africa specifically, because there's so many teams or so many nations, doubling their, their amount of teams, if Morocco can make a semifinal, I mean, <laughs> Ivory Coast are not incapable of doing that if, if they have their heads screwed on. Nigeria are not incapable of doing that. Like you can replicate what Morocco has done because there's an argument to be made that Morocco aren't really the best team on the continent. They did. They have the best result, but that doesn't mean they're the best, you know? So I think World Cup expansion is really going to help what the African continent can do in terms of their performances, but also like uh, coefficients and different things um, to where you're not in pot three or pot four, maybe you're in a pot two and then you don't have to play, you know, whoever the European nation is and a good team from Asia or what. So um, I hope that makes sense. No, no. Well, no, basically all I'll say to that is, yeah, there should be more African teams, but matchups are key. So mm. the matchups you have between African teams and the matchups you have against the world teams are different. Second point is, I said again, Africa never winning a World Cup. That's never happened. <laughs> Because if yeah. if you, the fact that all the best African talent, like that's not the best Malian talent or the best Guinean talent or Congolese talent, mm. because a lot of their best players play for Belgium, play for France, some of them are in England right now. So Africa is already, so it's it's already an unfair advantage that Europe has because Europe pretty much has the best talents from Africa. They have dips. They get dips. Yeah, they get they get first dips. So. Africa, they're never winning a World Cup. That's it's never happening. So, even if you put some more teams and everything, Europe will always have an advantage because a lot of the best talent from Africa is playing for Europe. So, again, whether you put 10, 11 guys, it's not going to make any difference <laughs> because, well, yeah. And I, I know we need to go, but I, I want your thoughts on this. When you say the best talent from Africa is playing for Europe, do you mean people born in Africa that play for European teams? Or do you mean people of African descent, like their parents or grandparents? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no, even both. I mean, basically, people who could have played for a Congo or a Guinea, but now playing for either a France or a Belgium. I don't know how many cases of that there are. So so let's take the, premi the premier example, like Kylian Mbappe. Mm. Of course, he's Algerian and Cameroonian, yeah? Yeah. But he was born... 
in France. Like he was born in the suburbs. Like it's not like he was born in Algiers or Yaoundé, and then he just decides of his own. You know what? I'm gonna play for France. He's he's not Joel Embiid. Oh no! It's, it's, no, no you know okay, so I mean? see now you're going so way growth. For, so for for me, I was born in London. But then I spent the first ten years of my life in Nigeria, nursery school, primary school in in Nigeria. Mm. So my so again, it's did you spend your first ten? Were you born in France? Spent your first ten years there? Then that's the difference. Or were you born in France? Then you now grew up and you spent the ten years abroad. But but what the for me the beauty of a World Cup for me, I think that it's it's like an it's like an ethnic experiments <laughs> in terms of like okay like ethnic which is why i'm so absolutely issues where football is going because if you're not gentrified for football the world cup is, just, is no longer fun but if you have an issue of like okay how does an african team fare against a european team how does an asian team fare against a south american team a north american team against an oceanic team oh let's just see culturally how they interpret this sport as opposed you to you want to see sport. like styles make fights but if, yeah, styles but if make everybody fight because, has the same style then it's the same yeah, yeah because the europeans when the europeans started seeing this africans who are now dribbling doing this because which is why when that nigeria team in 94 came through or the community in 96 guys like wait we don't know how to this is strange <laughs> what's what's we're going up against because they were playing without shoes no i'm joking yeah so like or when nigeria beats i think they beat the england team like so was it in the 50s or 40s yeah. or something like that so so my thing, but then we'll, we'll never have that because the world is, it's, it's different now. You know it's, what? Okay. it's different, so. I was thinking about this and I, I even wrote something about it on my, um, on my off target about how African football at the moment is like remittances. So if you think about, you know, sending money back to the continent, I'm sure you and, and I and everybody are familiar with Western Union and, you know, you oh, send yeah. money back. I'm sure your uncle sends money back all the time and different things like that. Um, that's almost what African football has become like. So if you look at somebody like Sekou Fofana, for instance, he's born in Paris. He's not born in Abidjan or Yamasukro or anywhere like that. He's born in France. But because the French national team is so good that, and France produced so many players, he's like, well, where do I go? So I'm going to wait and wait and wait to see if I can get into the French team. But because I can't get into it, because they have, you know, their selection of Pogba, Kante, blah, 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 blah. Okay. After a while, you just succumb and you play for the Ivorian national team. It's almost as if France are giving you remittances based on all the resources that they've already taken from the African continent that then develop African talent. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so it's so, so when you say, I even forgot the point, but um, I, I would say that where we are now, most African nations are comprised and built at least at a level. Like if you look at Morocco, I think 18 of their 27-man squad were born in Europe, Netherlands, France, Germany, wherever. They weren't born in Morocco. They were schooled. You look at Ziyech. He wasn't schooled in Morocco necessarily. Of course, you have examples like Unahi who will come from the academy or whatnot uh, in, in Morocco. But the mo mo the bulk of their squad does not come from the African continent. And they certainly don't play there. The only countries really that keep house and develop their own talent on a level are South Africa and Egypt. You know, like most of Egypt's squad is Al-Ali, Pyramids, etc. And I think... <laughs> Is it nine players of the South Africa team come from Sundowns? 
Like yeah, that, yeah, that, that start, crazy, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just add Percy Tao, who's playing, I think, in he might be playing. Where is he playing? He's playing in Egypt, I think. And then there's another player that's playing somewhere. Um, so that's it's almost as if African football is has become too reliant on its relationship or Africa's general relationship with Europe. Um, I don't know if I'll go as far as saying an African team will never, but it's going to be very difficult because you're competing against those that were selected by Europe instead of you. Does that make sense? It's mm. like if, if France have a choice between, okay, we can pick Conte here or we can pick Fofana to make up the squad. And we know that if we don't pick one of them, they might go and play for Mali or Ivory Coast. Which one is more useful to us at Clairefontaine or whoever's making the football decisions in France? They pick Conte, that then relegates Fofana. I know they play different, ex- different places in midfield, but it's just a crude example. So then that helps Ivory Coast in a sense, but then it handicaps what Mali might have been able to do. And it, it, it didn't help in Conte's case that he kind of came from nowhere. So the Mali Federation probably would have never known that he was going to yeah, explode yeah. in that yeah. sense. If he was good enough, like a Mares, to where Algeria were like, oh, we can go after him. And France won't. But he wasn't known, Conte. So he just explodes in France. You know, they, they, they scoop a gem. Um, so, yeah, the, the relationship is fucked. But I'm, we, we need to go. So I want to be respectful of the clock because I'm, I'm already over a bit. So, yeah, this has been Talking Tactics Podcast. We thank you guys for listening. Obviously, we're doing this before Chelsea play Liverpool, so we have no idea what's going to happen. Mm. But we do. Chelsea going to lose. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> Shout so, yeah. to the Drake. Uh, we will, we will, we'll talk to you guys next week. This has been Talking Texas Podcast. Follow us on all the social medias. <gasps> you know what? I turned my phone off, didn't I? We, we got a five-star review that I was going to read, but I turned my phone off. So next week, we'll read that one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, have hope. Where can people get you? Have hope footballhots.com. I'm at Daniel to look. Yeah, Carl's at Anchorman616. I don't know what he's up to today, but Talking Texas Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Peace, 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 peace. One love, one love, one love. Sports Social Podcast Network.